So it's become very customary in the culture for right after uh, Halloween for people yeah. to start singing Happy Holidays, whoop de doo and Dickory Dock, <laughs> you know, with Andy Williams. And uh, it's different in the church though, right? Because for us, um, after Thanksgiving, we start to enter into the season of Advent. Yep. And um, it's a totally different disposition, right? Yeah, well, especially in the East, as you know, their their Advent, their little Lent starts in November. And they yeah, go through November fifteenth. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it you know the Advent as we know it, kind of the four Sundays of Advent, the penitential season, um, uh, the first Sunday of Advent being the first day of the liturgical year. All that begins to be set in place with Pope Gregory the Great in the in the early seventh century. Um, but that Advent wasn't always there in the earliest centuries, right? Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to to think about, well, how did the penitential season of Advent yeah, start? Yeah, where it come from, yeah. yeah. And what it looks like is, is that actually it had to do with Epiphany on January 6th. Mm-hmm. So in the whole rest of the church outside of Rome, uh, the earliest Christians celebrated January 6th as the Nativity of Christ. But it's important because they also celebrated that as the feast day of the Baptism of Christ, Yeah, which you see where I'm going, right. tells us that early Christians were baptizing and initiating people on January 6th on Epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. And there's set days in the liturgical year for Christianity where it's sort of like a high time for baptism, you know, like, so you have Easter, the Easter vigil. That's a big one. That's why you have so many baptisms. You have like all saints day is a big one. Um, but of course the feast of Epiphany was, was a time people got baptized. And as early as the first century you have in the, in the Didache a reference to the catechumens being required to fast before they would be baptized. And it became customary for the church community to fast with the catechumens. So that's where we sort of get, you know, because they were baptized on the Passover, you know, on Easter. um, That's why you started to see this this season of Lent crop up, right? And then from there, uh, you have other penitential seasons. And then Advent takes on that same character then because of Epiphany. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't explain kind of fully the West, right? You have a few weeks before Epiphany, three to four weeks before Epiphany, where people are penitential and praying and fasting and all those things, Mm -hmm. kind of leaks into the... Western Christmas date, which is December 25th. Mm-hmm. So how do we get kind of the fuller season of Advent in the in the West? And the answer to that is there's a, a very important document called the Chronograph of 354. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's an ancient uh, calendar, basically. And on that calendar from the fourth century, it lists the Nativity of Christ as the beginning of the year first, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then it ends with that. So that what that tells us is that the early Christians in Rome were celebrating Christmas as the first day of the liturgical like the be- year. Like the beginning of the year. The beginning yeah. of the year was yeah. December 25th, not January 1st. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Liturgically speaking. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, that means that the earliest Christians saw November, December as the end of the year. The end, yeah. Right. Or, quote unquote, the end times. So the earliest Christians saw November, December as the end times. And what do you do if the end times are coming? What do you do if the second coming is happening? Yeah. Right. You're vigilant. You're praying. You're fasting. There's abstinence. All those things. You're readying yourself mm-hmm. for the second coming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's interesting too because like the uh, comparing this to to a Lent season, right? Because in the East they have what you know they call this the Winter Pascha, mm-hmm. you know, and and the whole idea even it shows up in their in their iconography, right? That this is a winter Easter in a way because in the iconography we're used to seeing like a wooden stable you know for them they have it as a cave almost like the tomb like right tomb. and then the christ child isn't wrapped in sort of the swaddling cloth that you'd expect yeah. he's wrapped in burial cloths. like mummified almost yeah sort of reminding us too that there is this yeah. solemnness to the occasion as well because jesus ultimately is coming to die you know you see yeah. it in the icon of uh, saint mary perpetual help where the christ child is holding on to mary but he's looking at an angel bearing the cross right because right. ultimately this is about getting us to the cross. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, so this kind of explains then the penitential atmosphere of Advent yeah. um, and why 
when we go to mass on the first Sunday of Advent, we hear about the end times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. You know, you're driving to church during the season. They, you know, they have, on the radio, they have Christmas tunes and stuff. Yeah. You come in and they're like, and then the priest is like, be sober, yeah. <laughs> watch, watch, be vigilant, yeah. you know, yeah. the end times. Because, because this was liturgically the, the end times, the, end the time year. we wait. Yeah. And kind of we, we wait for Christ's coming, the second coming. And then if he's born, then we, we go through the year again. Kind yeah, of yeah. Right. So it's like we're waiting for the for the end yeah. times. If the, if he doesn't come in his second coming in glory, well, okay, well, let's start over yeah. again. Let's go through the birth. Let's go through the ministry. Let's go through the death and resurrection again. Yeah, right. but but Advent and Lent, they, we com- we're comparing them a little bit, but there are there are differences to the two. Yeah, right. There's a difference yeah. in like disposition. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And and the liturgy for that will signal signals to us about that, right? So mm-hmm. you know, the Gloria is omitted in Advent, just like it is in Lent. However, the Alleluia is retained. We still sing the That's Alleluia point, for the yeah. gospel reading, yeah. whereas both are taken out during the Lenten season. Right. Okay, so Advent is kind of a, a mixed season. I, I kind of view Lent as, as the season of the theolo- theological virtue of faith, right? We have a steadfastness of faith and trust that, that God's going to pull us through. Whatever's happening, God's going to pull us through. Mm-hmm. For Advent, the theological virtue that is emphasized is actually hope. Right. And, and it's a fearful hope, a penitential hope that we will indeed see Christ. So a good way to think about the difference in the type of penance that we do in Lent and Advent, you know, is really um, what kind of a penance w- would be going on, you know, if you were if you were going with Christ to the cross, you're waiting for that moment, you're going out into the desert for 40 days uh, and 40 nights to do battle with the devil and to hold firm to the faith, right? So that's that kind of penance for Lent. For Advent, you know, it's more, what kind of a penance would you have waiting for the Lord to come, you know? And that's why you're saying it's it's this it's this sort of hopefulness, but fearful hopefulness, Yeah, right? it's a, that, it's a that, mixed, there's a mixed emotion that there. That you'll, almost when, when you say like, like literally like, Lord, like have mercy on me. Like really, really <laughs> have mercy, you know, because it's almost as if he's coming as a judge, rightfully as a king in but, his but, but, but we want that. Right. Which is right. why you see the joyful elements put into yeah. the season of Advent. So we glory don't, in it. Yeah. Right, we don't fast for 40 days like we do mm-hmm. during Lent. We fast intermittently. Usually, traditionally it was, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, yeah. uh, during the Amber Days, after the third Sunday of Advent, yeah. you fast Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. Right? So it's not all the time, it's intermittent. Yeah, and it's, so it's it's hopeful, especially for the Christian, you know, the baptized Christian, the one who's hope, putting their trust in the Lord. It's it's a it's a fearful expectation of judgment in a way for those who don't, you know. So that's, that's sort of, you know, it really encapsulates this very well. It's actually in the popular hymn, O Holy Night. Right, because the writer in that song uses this word so beautifully. He says the, the word pining. So he's in sin and error pining. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. What's great about that is that pining t- has two definitions. It can either be referring to the sin and the error, pining as in devolving into sin and error. But pining also has this other definition that is longing and expecting and hoping and yearning for something. And so in that one word, the writer of that song was able to encapsulate the the two movements of Advent. You know, where you have the world, the, the ones who don't have hope, who don't have Christ, are just devolving into sin and error. Those who have Christ are hoping and yearning and expecting, almost like Israel's expectation of the Lord coming and the church's expectation of the Lord's second coming. Yeah, and, and, and it speaks to kind of how I usually um, kind of think about both seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, Lent is really about kind of Simon of Cyrene, right? You're carrying the cross of Christ with him. It's about reparation. Mm-hmm. For Advent, it's that pining. It's the Magi. Right? Yeah, okay. So, yeah. so, so both are, it's about vigilance yeah. instead of, you know, um, both are sacrificing. They're giving up things, right? Simon of Cyrene has to go and carry the cross for Jesus. <laughs> Literally, the yeah. Magi have to sacrifice their goods, travel all this this journey. But 
the sacrifices are different, yeah. right? But they're, they're bringing they're gifts. There. They're, bringing, you know? <laughs> they're bringing gifts yeah. to a king, right? So maybe what are some what are some good things to do in the home, right, for Catholics and Christians during the Advent season to really, really uh, take in the meaning of the season, right? I would say right off the bat, personally, I, I like to hold a lot of the joyful hymns, um, some of the, the hymns I really like, like O Holy Night, actually, mm-hmm. I kind of hold off on listening to those until later in the Advent. Keep the joyfuls um, for after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the great thing I, that I'll say is practice the Divine Office, the Liturgy of the Hours. Pray the Liturgy of the Hours. We both love that volume. Um, the Little Office of the Blessed yeah, Virgin Mary. The Little Office of the Blessed oh, Virgin Mary is this great little volume made for Advent mm-hmm. um, to to say evening and morning prayer, all yeah, the prayers, all it's the great, hours, actually. It's great, especially for a beginner. See, I feel like the Liturgy of the Hours can be a little bit tough because you have to, you know, you have to flip between Flipping, this, yeah. go to the readings. Go to the... the great thing about that little volume is that it's just consecutive. It's Every straight through. Have just that. turn the page and keep going and, and you pray each office. Yeah. It has all the offices in there. It's such a beautiful volume. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would say, you know, recognize the fasting days, the abstinence days. Yeah, participate um, in them. Yeah, yeah for participate sure. in them. Uh, the Wednesdays and Fridays at least. Abstain from something or give up something just like in yeah. Lent. And remember that your your Eastern brethren are during this time abstaining from meat, dairy, fish with vertebrae. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're abstaining. Like, so you can you yeah. can pick up at least some of the Western we fasting practices, you yeah. know. And, uh, and especially celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. People don't realize this, but, you know, Christmas begins on uh, De- yeah. December 25th, but it doesn't end there, no. right? It goes on for another 12 days going That horrible Bethany. song that we all listen to is 12 days of Christmas <laughs> that nobody knows what it means. Um, but but even, you know, you've pointed out before too that, you know, it takes us all the way to February. Yeah, right? Christmas doesn't actually officially end until February 2nd, Candlemas, yeah. with uh, the purification of the Blessed Virgin in the temple. Yeah, and that's why if you ever go to like Poland or Germany, their their Christmas season is going all yeah. the way, man. They're still celebrating Christmas all yeah. the way to February. So be, be the weirdos in the neighborhood who keep their lights up, who keep the tree up. But you guys have a good uh, yeah, tradition. Yeah. On what we do, yeah, what we do is we um, we stop watering the tree on Christmas and we let the tree dry out mm-hmm. for those 12 days. And then on the Feast of Epiphany, uh, we get together with the boys and we, we cut down the tree and we actually take it in the backyard and, and have like a bonfire. We burn it. Nice. Um, and then we we bless the house with the traditional, you know, Epiphany blessing and all of that. But just to remind us that, that Christ has fully revealed himself to us and the light of Christ, you know, really is shown in that. Maybe even hold back some of the gifts for the 12 days, you know, yeah. with the kids. Um, give them a gift on each of those days. You know, yes. Maybe not all on December 25th, something like that to keep it, keep it going. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, from the Catholic Brothers, we wish all of you a happy, blessed Advent mm-hmm. and a Merry Christmas.